0: I wanted to ask, how'd you get the band name?
1: Well, I'm sure if you're familiar with our music, it's because you know it's really soothing; it puts you to sleep. You know, <laughs> so like, like we're literally sculpting. So, nah, I don't know, man. I'm the wrong guy to ask.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Spencer Wideout Podcast. Radar. Uh, yeah. I I'd avoiding a the shark. Oh, like <laughs> no, turbo neck I'll give you a kiss. You give me your number. Oh. I checked out a ton, dude. Oh. Tell me you fell <laughs> We're Americans. We're the ones that are descendants from the 1776 musket bearing mother. <laughs> Welcome back to the Spencer Whiteout Podcast. In this episode, I interview James of Sleep Sculptor. In this conversation, we talk all about their formation, songwriting process, live shows, and much more. Let's dive in. All right, guys, I've got James of Sleep Sculptor. Why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell me a little bit about how the band came together?
1: what's up, guys? Yeah, this is James from Sleep Sculptor. I play drums. So Sleep Sculptor formed initially... It was actually our two original vocalists, Hunter and Ben, their idea initially to kind of get the project together. And uh, the first release, they actually worked with a producer of sorts to kind of put together a lot of that music on that very first EP. There weren't any musicians in place yet. And then uh, Jake and I joined basically as that was happening. Him and I are pretty much the two original members in the band now. <laughs> yeah, so I actually originally was supposed to play bass because I do play drums in my other band, Toothless, and I kind of wanted to switch it up a bit. But uh, then we ran into the same problem that I think like literally every band in the world runs into where uh, there just aren't drummers. So, I had to play drums in this one too, which I'm totally cool with. It's my favorite instrument. But (laughs) yeah, so uh, I moved over to drums. Uh, and then we got another guy who didn't really pan out. And then I actually for bass, I just kind of begged Travis from Toothless. I was like, dude, I know I can trust you. Can you just like play bass in this freaking band? <laughs> 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 yeah. And obviously, like our schedules line up. If Toothless is playing a show, like we're both there either way. So,
0: yeah. And where are you guys based out of?
1: Mostly out of Wilkes-Barre PA right now, like the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area. But Sleep Sculptor's current vocalist, he's actually uh, around Calgary, Canada, which uh, presents its own challenges, but we've been working around it pretty well.
0: Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. I wanted to ask, how did you get the band name?
1: Well, I'm sure, like, if you're, if you're familiar with our music, it's because, you know, it's really soothing. It puts you to sleep, you know? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> like, we're literally sculpting. No, so, nah, I don't know. man. It's uh, <laughs> something that Hunter and Ben had when they came up with the idea. But uh, as far as a, I, I never remember them saying anything like deeper than just it was kind of a cool name that fit the whole vibe that we have.
0: And it really rolls off the tongue. Sleep Sculptor, you know? Yeah. So. Now, tell me about your influences. And I also wanted to ask about Humanity's Last Breath and Health because I saw that you... I, I was watching some of your interviews and shows and stuff. And I was like, he's wearing those band shirts. I got to ask him about those.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like two of my favorite bands. Um, believe it or not, they kind of do influence a little bit, especially on the newer album. We have a lot more electronic elements and some some industrial stuff peaking its head in. Like, not too much, but Jake and I are really big fans of health. And we kind of talked about going forward some of the interlude stuff might kind of go to really, like, heavy industrial electronic direction for some of that stuff
0: yeah that'd be good hell yeah what do you think of ashen the new humanity's less breath album
1: i'm hooked on it man it's like all i've been listening to for the past (laughs) week
0: yeah i just got the cd and i got the wall flag so i wake up to it every morning i see that image i still don't know what the image is it's some big floating orb i don't know do you have any ideas
1: it definitely looks like what the album sounds like
0: yeah that's for sure
1: whatever's going on there but yeah as far as like influences like core influences for the bands you know it's probably a lot of the obvious ones you'd think like we're all big fans of Dillinger, Ion Dissonance, Frontier. Like, we're all into like old Slipknot and System of Down and stuff like that. So, sometimes you'll get those like alty new metal riffs every now and again, but for the most part, it's that old school, really mathy, deathcore stuff. We're all really into that stuff.
0: I mean, what I love about your guys' music is just that it's so unpredictable and there's a lot of different styles meshed together and you never know what's coming next. Yeah, how does the songwriting process go? I mean, it's pretty complex and like I always wonder with. T- Some of these like math core, like really technical bands. How do you piece songs together? Because sometimes it sounds like, oh, well, you could just throw this part in with that song. And how does each song have its own identity when they are all so chaotic?
1: So the majority of the time, the writing is each member, if they have a song idea, we kind of will fully structure a song ourselves before we kind of bring it to the group and get everybody else's input. And you know, some stuff might get totally changed at that point, but a lot of the time it's is uh one of us kind of coming forward with a mostly complete idea and then fleshing it out from there something that we try to be conscious of because i know with uh the mathy stuff a lot of the time it gets seems like it's a lot of like the riff salad right so that's something that we do kind of try to stay conscious of is like all right if we have like a cool part we have a hook of some kind like even if the hook is insane like build on it do it a couple times so it's actually satisfying
0: how do you decide which music is for sleep sculptor and which is for toothless
1: Oh, that's pretty easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, if you go just listen to one song from each band, it's it's pretty obvious. Like Sleep Sculptor is very much in that deathcore adjacent territory, like way heavier, way lower tuning, a lot more breakdowns, a lot more crazy sounds. And then Toothless, on the other hand, we're definitely more in the uh, chaotic hardcore side of stuff.
0: Yeah, different kind of heavy. For sure. Are you guys still working on Toothless stuff?
1: Yes. Fun fact. Um, so I actually recorded drums for our first full length album last January. 2022 so it's been a long time kind of coming. A lot of things aren't really lining up where it's like smooth with getting it out but as of right now it's 98% done I'm going to say. The only thing we have left to do is maybe add like some final layering finishing touches kind of stuff but there's a full length done and uh, we're hoping to have it out by the end of the year.
0: Good man I'm sure people will be glad to hear about that. Let's talk about your best and worst shows and if you have any funny stories as well.
1: For the best one for me personally we opened for Norma Jean in lancaster pennsylvania it was one of those ones where like you know it was just a one-off show where we were basically approached to like open for them when we like went on the stage i just remember in my head it was like the first time where club stage it's, like thousand something cab venue and it's like packed and there's so many people there they're like stoked that we're just walking on the stage cheering like before we even do anything it was surreal and like the rest of that show was just like such a cool ass experience because it was like the first time in my head where i'm like oh man all this stuff that we've been working for like it's like kind of here now So that was super sick. But also, uh, (laughs) something wild about that one, Kyler, while we were playing that show, and like the subsequent day, suffered from a stroke. Like he literally was like having it on stage. And he didn't realize what was happening. He was just like, he said he like felt weird and stuff kind of started getting like hard to control. And uh, the next day he was like in the hospital and they told him he had a stroke.
0: That's crazy, dude.
1: All of our minds are blown, but thank God he's totally fine. It was one of those ones where they didn't even know what caused it. It was kind of just like a freak thing and everything looked good afterwards. But yeah, it was just insane. It was like one of the coolest (laughs) moments in my life, but also like kind of horrifying because we're like one of our best friends is literally having a stroke. It's insane. (laughs)
0: That is nuts. As
1: far as some a- funny stuff, we just recently went on a, we did a little tour, like a two week thing back in May. And um, we played a uh, Mammoth Fest in Houston, Texas. There were, uh, you know, some like questionable people walking around and, you know, some, you know, like they might be smoking some weird substances or something like that. <laughs> certain vibe going on. Uh, there was this dude who just kind of walked over to the venue and was just hanging out literally right by the door. Just a sketchy-looking dude. Every band that was loading in, everybody was standing out there. He's, like, trying to talk to them and, like, sell them these, like,
0: little-ass earbuds that he has. Not earplugs, but, like, headphones? Yeah,
1: like a $15 pair, like, skull candies or something. (laughs) Like, literally, yeah, like, earbuds. And he's just holding them, and he's, like, really excited, just, like, mumbling about these earbuds and trying to sell them. you couldn't understand Any word, it was insane. But at some point, <laughs> he starts dancing with Brian outside, really close to him. And uh Brian, he was just like, All right, hell yeah. And he just started dancing with the guy. Crackhead's getting really into it, kind of like getting like weirdly close. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Jake, while this is happening, goes up behind the guy and starts also dancing. But that like pissed the guy off. And the guy's like, Get the hell away from me, man. What are you doing? It's like freaking out yeah it was just a lot of stuff like that until security eventually made him leave because at some point he was actually blocking the door to go in so <laughs> they, they had to like get him off the property at that point
0: dude i swear when you work at a music venue the craziest things happen i mentioned in my email to you that i work at chain reaction and one time this homeless dude pooped on the ground and picked it up and smeared it across <laughs> our front door oh so we had to get the hose out there and everything and like spray it off and it was bad and
1: Uh, yeah i don't know how you deal with stuff like that i'd be like man i don't know i think i'm just going home today like
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's never a dull moment it's never a dull moment (laughs) so how about playing live how does the music translate live and is it challenging to play certain parts or certain songs live
1: oh yeah we kind of have like a punk attitude about stuff we're not like a laptop band we don't use any clicks no triggers it's all just like raw. It's all kind of very in the moment. And uh, we do that intentionally because we're all obsessed with like bands like Dillinger and Vicheri and stuff. And we kind of want that live energy that those bands have to come through us as well. It sounds kind of corny to say, but like I literally like when people see us, the vibe I want is that they don't necessarily feel like totally safe. If that makes sense, <laughs> like they are safe, everything's fine. But like, you know, you sometimes you see those bands and there's just that like that energy of like, oh, shit, like you almost take a step back. That's kind of what we're going for. Like if we're putting 100% into it and like giving a good show, I'd much rather that. And like, you know, if you're playing like 97% perfect as opposed to playing 100% perfect, but kind of like standing around like robots.
0: Yeah. <laughs> have you ever messed up a song like so bad that you had to start it over
1: (laughs) i know man if you like if you're playing out for real you don't stop (laughs) you you come back in you figure it out and you come back in
0: yeah that's good so i want to talk about the fact that you guys used to have two vocalists and you had a lot of lineup changes you kind of briefly touched on that but it seems like the band has grown and evolved a bunch over the years and so i wanted to ask on top of that what the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome maybe as a band or personally what what have some of those challenges been
1: yeah the lineup thing is 100 percent. that has been the biggest challenge from the get-go like i said jake and i are the only original members in it right now actually i kind of i kind of count travis as an original member at this point too because he was like our first permanent real bassist, and he's been on most of the recordings anytime that a band has a lineup change you know it, it's almost like you're starting from square one in a way because it's like all right, you got to get up to speed and hopefully he's a good fit and Like finding somebody who fits, especially for this niche of music, because you need somebody who's like a can like rip and like they have the live presence, they have the right attitude, like they're not into any drug problems or ego problems, like shit like that. Like it's it's really hard to find the right piece to kind of fit in there. So when somebody doesn't work out, it ends up usually being a big deal where it sets us way back.
0: Yeah. And then you have to rebuild trust with the fans and hope that they like the new direction as well.
1: Yeah. And so that was obviously super apparent with the vocalist change, because I mean, changing like, you know, our guitarist or whatever, that's one thing. But a vocalist is like for most people, that's the first thing they're latching on with any band is vocals. Like we knew that like going forward, that changing vocalists, it's huge. It's, it's people, they're going to love it, they're going to hate it. But there isn't anything we can do about it. You know, it wasn't our decision to have the vocalist leave the band. So we, we got to do what we got to do to keep on
0: rolling. So why did you decide to keep on going? I mean, this band must have meant a lot to you then.
1: Oh, 100%, man. Any project that I get involved with, my intention is to take it somewhere. I don't let shit like this get in the way. For me to quit a band, man, stuff has to be going like really wrong. Uh, I know the guys in it right now, like Jake and I want this more than anything. Travis, he's on the same page with us now, too. And then now we have Flo, and like he's already a professional vocalist and he's super into what we're doing, too. Yeah, we're, we're all on the same mindset now where we kind of just want to take this thing as far as it'll go. So, yeah, we definitely didn't want to stop. I mean, Jake and I, like this is as much our baby as it was you know the old vocalist so like and like we love the music we're making we don't want to stop not throwing shade at anybody obviously but i think what we have now is like the best form of it so far i'm like very very satisfied with what we have going on definitely very stoked to see what we can do now rolling forward too
0: yeah So let's talk about Flo joining the band. And I got to say, this was an interesting move. And it reminded me of what happened with Invent Animates, where they had someone from another country come into the band. And that brings all kinds of logistical problems. But it seems like Invent Animates making it work so far. And now you guys are trying it as well.
1: Yeah. So initially, when the the old vocalist decided to step down, we didn't have anybody in minds that is actually kind of local to us. So we decided we would just put some feelers out there. And we did an online edition of sorts so anybody that wanted to we sent them an instrumental of an older song and then an instrumental of at the time was an unreleased song so whoever basically whoever wanted to try it told them just you know record the old one like how it is and then uh, the new one right to it do your thing. Show us kind of what you can do. And uh, we had some cool stuff come through for sure. But then I remember we opened flows, man, like 30 seconds in. I'm like, he gets it. Like he pulled out all the tricks, man. Like, and and I love when vocalists are just, they keep you guessing, you know, they have like so many different styles they can nail and they're always trying to fit more stuff into the music in like a cool, like frenetic way and uh yeah he just stuck out immediately so we had a call with him that's when we found out he's like he said he lives by calgary man it's like 30 some odd hours away or something but he said he was hey i'm already a professional vocalist he said he's been with like other touring acts he's a like a vocal coach so he said he's cool with just flying out when he needs to do like rehearsals and tours and stuff and so far it's been working out great
0: yeah that's amazing So how'd you guys get hooked up with Silent Pendulum Records and what have they helped you achieve that you wouldn't have been able to do on your own?
1: it's a silent pendulum uh michael helped us out uh michael cadner like the silent pendulum guy he uh helped us out with our first vinyl pressing and that, that did really well like we did a hundred copies of that and they basically disappeared overnight pretty much just said you know going forward like he was down to to just keep working with us and so yeah for this album the silent pendulum crew was very involved they helped us with uh you know getting this one pressed getting all the merch together they helped us set up that run that we just did in may yeah, it's been really cool crew of people just kind of generally have had our backs, which is rad.
0: Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about the new album, Divine Recalibration. What are the strengths of this album and how have you guys grown as songwriters?
1: I think it's a massive step up in, like, the actual songwriting. I think we still have, you know, we still have what made us us. The heavy, the wee-woo-wee-woo riffs and, (laughs) and like, the, uh, you know, that more deathcore vibe and all that stuff. But this one definitely wanted to experiment way more, really kind of amp up the energy level and, like, the technicality of it all. Yeah, there's way more of that. It's way busier, way faster. But I think the songs are just better, too. We spent a lot more time on it, kind of getting it exactly how we wanted and then obviously getting flow on board he's got an insane range like he can nail all the harsh stuff he's got a very unique tone to his like normal scream too and uh, his uh, clean singing capability kind of lets us now we can start to experiment with that we're not gonna ever go in any kind of pop metal direction but we kind of have the freedom to experiment more with different textures and maybe getting a little kind of ethereal and weird sometimes so there's some of that on this album I think going forward we're probably gonna bring in some more of that a little bit more experimentation yeah, yeah to me yeah, I think it's just the best version of us so far. Best songs, best playing. It's rad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so tell me about the recording process. You guys recorded in a log cabin and you got to give a shout out to the chimney mic. I want to hear about that.
1: The chimney mic is it's literally just a little piezo that he stuck up in the chimney and it had this crazy sounding reverb on it. Jake brought this little, uh, we call it the sound urchin. It's a little pedal that looks like it has an urchin on it one of those like spiny little sea creatures and you kind of just pluck on the little pieces of metal and it makes all these crazy sounds there's an accordion in there somewhere yeah a (laughs) lot of a lot of wild stuff but yeah anyway it was recorded with uh matt at i don't know if it's still called graphic nature but it's will putney's studio in new jersey it was incredible very smooth the whole the whole process was really painless Actually, yeah, The uh, another cool thing about that, the first time that we ever met Flo in person was actually at the studio. He flew in pretty much the night we started vocal tracking. And he just started doing it. And luckily, we, we all got along really well. So it wasn't like weird, but that was literally the first time we met him in person.
0: And he's teaching some of your members French as well, right? Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Him, Jake, and Travis have uh, their own Facebook chat going where they exclusively talk to each other in French at this point.
0: <laughs> now, talk to me about the vocalist features on this album. You guys got two. You got Chad Capra of Frontier and Cameron McBride of Meth Witch.
1: Yeah, um, Frontier is one of our favorite bands, and, like, his voice is so distinctive, so killer, like, and it just fits that track really, really well. So, yeah, that one, like, we just reached out to him, asked if he'd be down to do it, and he was about it, and that's sick, because they're literally one of my favorite bands, and he's on a song, which is awesome. And then Cameron, we just, we approached him because, I don't know if you ever listened to Methwitch, but that dude is an alien.
0: Yeah, he's got some crazy high screams.
1: And his feature on Plaster Saint is, like, to me, is, like, one of the coolest things. I just love that part so much. But uh, yeah, we just love them both as as vocalists, and they're both rad people. Just reached out, and it, it worked out.
0: Let's talk about the album art, and I like that you guys released parts of it for the singles. That was that was kind of cool how that all came together at the end. I thought it'd be really funny too if you if you released a, uh, a fourth single and it was just like a close up of the stairs. <laughs>
1: Just some stairs. Yeah. Art's actually another cool thing. Uh, the dude that did the album layout and design and a lot of the merch designs, uh, Alec Martin, he said he has some kind of, I don't remember what it's called. It's like.
0: Synesthesia.
1: Yes. Synesthesia. Yes. Uh, so he basically said that, like, he listened to the album. And made what he was seeing in his mind, like whatever that does where he sees pictures in his mind when he hears stuff. And he just did his best to translate those into images. So you kind of have these like weirdly nightmarish, dreamlike, Lovecraftian, Eldritch stuff going on. Even the color scheme and stuff, he said that that's just all what he was seeing while he was actively listening to it. I think it's just super cool.
0: <laughs> I want to ask if you had any favorite lyrics from the new album or a favorite song.
1: I mean, it's going to be a dumb answer, man, but like literally in the song Plaster Saint, it just goes, Behold the Plaster Saint. That I love that shit so much, and it's just because live, when we play that song, <laughs> like, I just stand up and scream it, because I don't have to play anything, and it's just so hype, and then we're <laughs> playing, like, this gnarly-ass breakdown, and uh, that's probably my favorite song on the album, too. So, I
0: what think. is the plaster saying, or who is that?
1: Oh, man, I'm the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> 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 yeah, most of the lyrics were actually taken care of by uh, Jake and Kyler, like, collaboratively, so... I'm sorry. I can't. can't,
0: can't. It's classified. It's a mystery. Yeah, Yeah, it's redacted. Classified. (laughs) Now, what's next for the band and for you personally?
1: We're definitely trying to tour more, hopefully sooner than later. And uh, as far as music-wise goes, Jake and Travis are literally working on some music. I think we're going to try to get three or four songs together and maybe approach some bands about doing some kind of a split, maybe within the next six months or so. So that's probably the next thing we have going on. And then uh, I'm assuming after that, we're probably just going to gear up album three like i said toothless album is basically done hopefully that's out by the end of the year hopefully we can get on the road too i know we're, we're like itching to get on the road really bad We
0: got to come to the west coast man
1: we want to real bad for sure it's just uh typically a logistical nightmare but as soon as we can make it happen we're gonna <laughs> yeah that's that's about it
0: thank you so much for tuning in i want to welcome all the new listeners to the podcast and let you know that there's lots more band interviews coming soon as well as my regular scheduled programmed comedy centered episodes if you want to check out one of those comedy shows, I'd recommend episode 22. If you enjoyed this, I'd appreciate a rating slash review. Five stars is a power play. Be sure to subscribe and follow me on Instagram at Spencer Whiteout to stay up to date. As always, stay tuned, stay hyped. That's a wrap. And that's it.